0: Welcome to The Wealthy Podcast, where we interview experts in their field and clients to share their personal experiences. We do this so you can learn the best ways, the tools and techniques to get into the property market sooner and start living a wealthy life. Jump into this week's episode and don't forget to subscribe and give us a like. Welcome, welcome. Today, we're going to be talking about um, off-the-plan properties and whether or not you should be buying off-the-plan So I just want to give it a couple of seconds. I'll welcome all of you into today's Friday Live. Hello, Georgia. Hey, Jacob. Hey, Ty. Hey, Scotty. Um, Spotify, welcome, Amanda. There's a lot of you joining today. Welcome, welcome. Hope you're all enjoying your Friday afternoon. Um, Today, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Uh, I want to talk about off-the-plan properties. Uh, It's especially important to talk about, hey, Catalina. hello, King, hello, hello, hello. So, today, off-the-plan properties is a really good topic for us to discuss. Reason for that is we're in an interesting time in the property market cycle. Now, from the bottom of, since the bottom, which was like basically COVID, to the top of the market, Across all of Australia, the property market grew by about twenty-five percent, and from the peak of the market to now, it's dropped about five percent. Now, a lot of that drop has happened because of interest rate rises, a change in consumer sentiment, inflation, people basically generally scared, not entering the market, slowing down, um, slowing down buying property. Now. You know, it's, it's an interesting time in the market as well because there are a couple of things that are, that are happening. There's a number of different factors that you should be thinking about with buying this property or this next investment, or maybe your own home. One, rents are going through the roof. Um, since about May, I think it was about May, rents climbed by 1% in that month, and they've been consistently climbing month on month. Um, Just to give you some quick statistics, um, in Brisbane, rents have climbed by about 14%. In Adelaide, 13%. Sydney, about 9.5%. That's for houses. And for apartments, rents have grown by 13% in Melbourne, 12% in Sydney, 11% in um, Brisbane. Now, that's just generally. Now, more scarily, some markets have grown by as much as 37%. I've got the data here. In Melbourne, I like 36.4%. In Melbourne, we've got growth rates in the inner city pockets, where they've grown by about 33, 35, 36, 36.4%. So some markets are going really, growing really, really quickly. Um, and that means there's more income going into your back pocket. Another fact that you should be thinking about is that there are low approval ratings Um, the data is telling us that approval ratings have basically come off or fallen off a cliff. Last month, we saw approvals uh, for apartments come back by 44% and generally down by about 17%. So that means in the future, we're looking like um, there's going to be a shortage in supply. Now, two more factors I want you to consider when thinking about should I buy off the plan is one, we're supposed to be in the spring selling season. And what that means is the amount of stock on the market should be increasing by about 20 to 30%. So if you're out there looking for property, um, you're probably seeing that there isn't as much stock available as you would normally see. In fact, it's 10% lower than the five year average. So for all of you property hunters, if you're looking in your suburb and you're frustrated because you've noticed that you're just looking at the same listings, you have right to be frustrated. There is not a lot of new stock coming onto the market. It's, it's been tightly held and you're probably thinking, hey, the property market's dropped off, interest rates are going up, where are all the distressed stock? Where is all of the bargains that I've been looking for? Um, and the truth of it is, there aren't really that many bargains out there. And the reason for that is the data is showing there is no uh, there are no real distressed sales that are popping up. There's not much evidence of panic selling. It seems to me that as we had predicted a little while ago, there was data saying that the average Australian had about a year's worth of savings in their offset account, which meant that they had enough uh, money in their bank that even if there were interest rate rises, they didn't need to panic sell. So there was, there's no real panic selling, there's no distressed stock um, that's coming in here. And okay, so we've got some comments here, and some of the comments are, there is no stock and demand is high. Look, demand isn't high, because there are, there are certainly less buyers in the market with the rate that interest rates have been going up. It's scared a lot of people. People are sitting on savings, there's less and less buyers, but there's certainly less stock in the market. The last thing that I want to talk about, so it's all kind of coalescing, is the big macro stuff. We have hundreds of thousands of migrants coming into the country we have millions of tourists coming into the country and we've got hundreds of thousands of students coming in. Now that is really interesting. Scotty, students coming back, units have been growing faster than houses. Scott, Scott's right. So there are a lot of students, migrants and tourism coming back. Now you're probably saying, what does tourism have to do with um, property price increases and the long-term impact on real estate? Well, As I spoke about last week, we've got uh, short-term renting, which is a very uh, prevalent part of the market. So Airbnb um, is sucking up a lot of the rental market for um, higher rents. So people instead of just putting on the normal rental market, they're doing Airbnb, and that means a lot of the tourists coming to Australia are paying 200, 300, 400 bucks a night, giving it to people which normally would be rented on the open market. That's the reason why we're seeing rents increase so rapidly And I believe that into the next 12 to 24 months, this is going to continue. Now, back to the question of, should you invest in off the plan property? Um, Yes, you should. You should invest in off the plan property. Um, You can buy stuff that's on the open market. There's not a lot of stock available as I've just said, but if you are a a person that's looking at the property market, you're sitting on a deposit and you're thinking, should I invest in off the plan? If you've done your you've got to do your due diligence because there's certainly a lot of off the plan developments that I would not invest in. There are a lot of shonky developers. There are a lot of bad builders out there and there are some nightmares. There are certainly some bad um, developments out there, but there are a lot of really good developers, good builders out there. Now for off the plan, now is actually a really good time in the market where we're basically in a lull, where it's nearing the bottom or uh, it's, it's falling, because if you're buying into a project that's not due to complete for 20, 12 to 24 months, And in that time, we know that we've got tourists, more students, migrants coming into the country. We also know that there is a lull in the amount of supply. The approval ratings come down. This is the perfect storm for future growth. Certainly at the moment, things are down and low. And the fact that we're in a falling market and the fact that things there are less buyers in the market means that the... The power is in your hands. You have the ability to negotiate with developers, with builders, with landowners, to negotiate better prices than you normally would. And the beautiful thing about buying off the plan is, one of the things that I've used in the past, and one of the things that I've used with my clients in the past, is the thing that you can negotiate is potentially the deposit that you pay. So let's just use a case study. I had a client that invested with me a little while ago, Darren. He bought a one-bedroom apartment for $380,000. Now, that $380,000 property, he was able to get in with a 5% deposit. So if we do our math, $380,000 times 0.05, you're looking at about a $20,000 deposit. So for a lot of you that are out there that may be sitting on a limited deposit, but you've got excellent um, savings, this is an opportunity for you to enter the market, use the lull in the market to negotiate with builders, developers, landowners, and get a delayed deposit. So 5% up front and then the rest of your deposit, you can use the 12, 24 months to save them remainder. And you can use this lull to negotiate some upgrades, negotiate a better price, and you know that in the future you've got some potential growth. So that means this this lull in the market, use it to get a good deal, and then allow the macroeconomics, the students, the migrants, tourism, the, the low in supply, to allow the property market to grow into the future. So back to Darren, he invested about $20,000 into the property, which was bought for 380,000, it took about 18 months for that property to complete, and at completion, he got a $500,000 valuation. So he made more than $100,000 on his property with a 20K deposit. That's five times on his original deposit. He used that time to save up save up more cash, top it up, and with the, the, the valuation, he was able to make about $100,000. This doesn't happen all the time but he bought the right investment with a good developer. We did all the quality control and checks, and he's able to now use that uplift in the property to to, um, now pull out equity and then buy another property. So I do want to say that if you're thinking about buying in off the plan, it's not for everybody. But it is a very good, viable way for you to get into the market now, particularly because if you're out there, you're eager to get into the property market, now is a good time to be negotiating. And one of the negotiating tactics you should be thinking about is getting in with a lower deposit, 5% or stage deposit. Okay, that's what I want to say on this topic. If you're out there, you've got some questions for me, lay them on me. I'll go through the comments now. But I will say one more thing. If you're a nervous investor and you're not sure how to start, you're not sure how to negotiate you know, in an off the plan property, feel free to reach out to myself or the wealthy team um, and we'll help you with that. So I'm going to jump in here, and read some of these comments out. Um, Talk about the family guarantee loan, please. The family guarantee, I don't know a huge amount about this, but I believe you can get in with as little as a 2% deposit, so that's really interesting. And maybe they'll even be, the the government will be guarantor, that means you don't have to pay your lender's mortgage insurance. So if you're uh, after the family guarantee, talk to a mortgage broker, you can reach out to the wealthy team, they'll help you with that. Scotty says he I did it was a nightmare for me all I say is uh get a building report afterwards we had to go through NCAD New South Wales look Scotty's right as i said property investment is a risk you can buy old property you can buy new property and it comes with a risk now if you're going to buy any piece of real estate you want to make sure you get strata report you want to get a building report done um, if you bought something brand new, do a defects report, get a professional building inspector to get out there and do the checks for you. And you can rely upon this to then make a good decision. If you're using a building or a strata report before you go buy something, it'll help you to make the decision whether or not you wanna, um, what, what problems are in there and if you want to negotiate based on those problems or if you wanna steer clear of that property. If you have bought something brand new, you can use the building inspection report to see where the defects are and use that report to then get defects uh, rectified or remedied. Um, Truthful, truthful. Hi, I'm new to your content. What is uh, your profession? My profession is uh, I used to be a financial planner, not no longer anymore. So this is not uh, financial advice. Um, I've worked in real estate for more than a decade. I, I know I look young, but I've been doing this since I was a teenager. Um, I used to do uh, property investment reports. I've had. Um, I used to work in a property investment business that used to travel across Australia. Um, I used to work in property development. I used to help do site acquisition work. So I'd um, help the developer um, package up deals, whether it was the house and land subdivision, shop top, residential, and commercial construction, um, and also you know big apartment complexes. I did that for about four to five years, and now I run a property investment company, I have a construction company, and I also have a finance company. Um, Just touching base on you and thoughts around WA, do you still think it will dip uh, in WA anytime soon? So WA is a very interesting market. Um, It's it's really interesting because it's kind of counter-cyclical. It doesn't follow the same rules that the rest of Australia does. It tends to do what it bloody wants. Um, It hasn't been as impacted as the rest of Australia. There's been a massive um, issue with supply. They need to build about 20,000 homes over the next couple of years. So There's a massive supply issue in WA. Rents have been growing very, very rapidly. And the thing with WA as well is like the rest of Australia, um, they've had low building approvals and also building costs have gone through the roof. So it's very difficult for people to bring new stock onto the market. I, I think the WA may go through a bit of a lull, but the prices in WA are a lot cheaper than say Sydney, Melbourne, um, and Brisbane, and Canberra actually. So because of that affordability, it means that it's a bit more robust. There's a lot less for it to drop. Now with the market dropping, the top part of the market has suffered the most. When I said the property market's dropped by 5%, Uh, Some markets have dropped by about 15%, and that's the top part, the most expensive parts of the market. So as for WA, I think that WA's got a bright future ahead of it, particularly as migration comes back into Australia. Um, You'll notice if you have a look at migration data, Sydney gets the most amount of migrants, Melbourne's very close second, and then third is uh, Perth. So Perth gets a lot of migration into the country. And um, that I I think going into the future is gonna help with the prices. Um, What do you class as off the plan? Off the plan is when you buy property without having seen it. Um, You're basically given uh, CGI's or computer generated images. You're given um, floor plans and floor plates. You have to see the architectural plans and you pay a deposit up front, and you don't get the property until it completes. So you don't actually get a loan. You don't get it. So I was getting a phone call. You don't get a loan until the property actually completes. So you're saying mainly apartments? No. Um, you can buy off the plan townhouses, and you can you can not not really buy off the plan houses. You can do a house and land construction facility to buy. Uh, property or houses. Um, you can build houses as well. Some pro- some places you can get off the plan houses, they're called um, single contract houses, single contract homes. They're difficult to find, but they are out there. And then here 90, 10% split. Yeah, with off the plan, you typically would pay a 10% property, a 10% um, deposit up front, and then you pay the remainder when it finishes. But as I was saying earlier, you can also negotiate lower deposits. I've negotiated 2% deposits with developers before, or even as low as Um, $10,000. With a developer, because it's a private commercial contract, or it's a residential contract, but it's a commercial dealing, you can negotiate whatever you want with the developer. So you can get in with very, very little, depending on how distressed they are. That's why I'm saying because the property market's in a lull, you can use the fact that there's less buyers in the market to to negotiate a more favorable term. Uh, Can I reach out and work with you for purchasing in WA? There are a few development spots. Yes, you can reach out to me. My business is called Wealthy, W-E-A-L-T-H-I. We've got a great team of people. Um, We've got offices all across Australia. We're very happy to help you or your family or friends. It um, doesn't cost you anything to talk to us. Wouldn't house and land be better for investments, depreciation, schedules, and fixtures? Um, What I would say to you is what's better? Um, There's no such thing as what's better. What's better for you? What you individually want? You know, some people really like apartments and strata because there's less effort involved. Some people really like, uh, sorry, I got another phone call. Some people really like houses because historically speaking, land grows the fastest. You know, over the past 30 years, houses have grown by about 450%, where apartments have grown by about 350%. So from a growth perspective, generally speaking, houses grow better, but apartments typically yield better. Now, that's not to say that all apartments, I mean, all houses grow better than apartments. Some apartments grow much better than houses. You've got to pick your markets well. Great questions today, team. Thank you very much for sharing all that. It was a real pleasure doing today's Friday session. Um, Good luck to you all. Happy investing. And if you need anything, reach out to me. I'm very happy to help. Otherwise, have a very happy Friday and a very restful weekend.